All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Nate Custer. I've been attending C3 Church for approximately a year now, and I, I know that because last year I missed the Wild Game Dinner, which is coming up here at the end of the month. And yeah, woo, uh, I missed it last year, and I didn't know what quite to make of it when I came to this church. I'm like, you're going to gather for a dinner of Wild Game? It just seemed a little peculiar to me, but um, after being here for a year, it makes perfect sense. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, to a point that, um, you know, hunting has not been something that's never even entered my mind, but um, being around with, I think you might have gathered, even if you're not from the church, that this is a bunch of wilderness men, and they like going out in the woods and shooting various creatures. Uh, their passions rubbed off on me, so this year I made an attempt at it. Uh, you know, went out, got my hunting license, and sat in the woods being real cold for you know, four days. Um, spoiler alert, my freezer is empty, and I will not be contributing anything to the wild game dinner. And, you know, when I was out there and I was, it was real still and quiet, I'm pretty sure to, I heard those deer laughing at me. So, um, but it was a good time, so you know, thank you all for taking me under your wing in that aspect, um, in other aspects too, but just being able to uh, just share that passion that you guys have in, in, in hunting, so it was pretty fun. Um, so, and just a little more about myself, I you know, started attending approximately a year ago, but the reason I started uh, attending C3 is because I was actively seeking a men's ministry and that might sound like something that's kind of strange or, you know, all right, um, you know, why? Uh, at coming out of the COVID years, I was feeling very spiritually dry and isolated. And uh, if I look back in, you know, my life, the periods that I've had the greatest spiritual growth is when I've surrounded myself with good godly men who have spurred me on to be a better version of myself not just by, hey, being good, but speaking biblical wisdom into my life, encouraging me, and not giving me a pass, but spurring me on to be a better man. Uh, and the man, you know, I need to be for my family and for those around me. So, you know, I came here and I haven't left. Uh, it's something that I found here. Um, and I encourage all of you, if it's something that, you know, you are feeling, you know, some of that, if you can relate to it, you know, I would suggest or, you know, put it to you, consider, you know, even if you're not from this church, uh, let it be known that there's a very strong community of brother, brothers, Christian brothers here at C3 Men's Ministry. But if you are come from another church, seek it out in your church. Um, you will grow. Um, so that's just a little uh, bit about myself. So this talk is about evangelism. Um, yeah, Quite a while ago, Matt reached out to me and asked me if I'd be willing to do a talk, and I said, oh, I'll pray about it. So I prayed about it, and the next day, God gave me affirmation that I should be here and I, I should be talking. Uh, so, you know, I wanted to be obedient to that. So I called Matt the next day, and I said, Matt, yeah, I got affirmation. Um, you know, I'm willing to speak. And he said, great, and your topic is evangelism. And I nearly fell out of my seat because... If anyone knows me, I am, I'm pretty introverted, pretty, you know, I guess that's one of the labels I put on myself. I'm not terribly outgoing when it comes to like reaching out to people, talking to people. So I was like, oh, well that's, you know, that's, that stirs a lot of feelings in me. Um, so, um, but we'll get to that later. So to kind of baseline everybody, cause we, with such a large group of men, we come with the, um, there's an expectation here that there's a diverse group of spiritual, not level, a spiritual maturity here within this group. There could be non-believers. There could be believers for a week, a month, year, decades. Um, so we can't make the assumption that everybody knows just everything. Like evangelism, what is evangelism? Evangelism is spreading the good news of Jesus Christ to those around us. And what is that good news? Well, that good news is at the foundation of Christianity. That's the good news that God the Father sent his son, Jesus Christ, into this world, who being fully God and fully man, lived a perfect life, died on a cross for our sins, was buried, raised to life, and now sits at right, right, the right hand of God the Father, inter making intercession for us. 
and believing in him, you have life everlasting, forgiveness of sins. I mean, that's a pretty sweet deal, right? That's pretty, pretty good news, right? I mean, I think we all know that's like good news that we should share with others. But like, why? Like, is there a biblical mandate for that? And a matter of fact, there is. It's commonly referred to as the Great Commission. Um, that can be found in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. And mind you, this is after Jesus died and was raised to life. There's a period of time when he spent with his disciples and then he ascended up into heaven. So this is immediately before he ascended into heaven. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. So I kind of like liken this to a boss analogy. Your boss is about to leave on vacation, and he's put you in a position of authority. So immediately before leaving, he says, hey, do all those things I told you to do. And you're like, got it. And then he says, oh, but now also do this one more thing. I would take strong consideration to that one thing that he left you with on the way out. Uh, But to be honest, when I start to contemplate evangelism, it kind of reminds me of this. I think, you know, they get it so right sometimes. The idea of going to a far and distant nation to proclaim the good news seems so so much more appealing than me to walking down, you know, a couple cubicles down to talk to my coworker, Brad. So, you know, when I do contemplate this, this idea of evangelism, it stirs a lot of emotions in me, a lot of fear, doubts, and anxieties. And I mean, I could just be speaking for myself, but as a man, sometimes when I you know, have emotions that I don't like to want to feel or deal with, I just take them in a box and I shove them and I put them away and I don't deal with them. But in preparation for this talk, you know, I thought I'd take that box out, shake it out, take all those thoughts, take the thoughts captive, and then stack them against scripture and see what they have to say uh, about them. So I was able to identify four in particular, and I'll share them with you, and we'll go through them one by one and dissect them with scripture. So the first one was, uh, you will be reviled and mocked, and people will hate you. Um, Because the gospel itself is inherently offensive. To accept it, you have to be, you have to accept, I am a sinner. And most people don't like to, I don't think anybody likes to be like, accept that truth. I am a sinner and apart from God, I'm, you know, going to hell. It's, it's inherently offensive. So, I mean, like to get right into it, let's go to 1 Corinthians 1.18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to who us are being saved, it is the power of God. So there will be people who hear what we have to say and regard it as absolute absurdity. But conversely, there will be people who hear what we have to say and through the Holy Spirit revealing that truth to them will receive that truth and their eternities will be changed forever. John 15, 18 through 19. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. This is Jesus speaking. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That is the why the why the world hates you. You know, I think as Chris, I, you know, I think we can all say and agree that we want to be loved or at least not hated. But if we're following Christ, it's almost something we can expect 
And that might be not a comforting thought. Certainly isn't. But we shouldn't be surprised when we encounter it. So, number two, I'm ill-equipped to dispense the gospel. Whenever I think I'm ill-equipped to do a task that I'm called to do, I need to remind myself of, you know, some of the men that God did some of his mightiest works through. I think of Moses, a man of no reputation at the time, or I'm sorry, no position at the time, yet, you know, God called him through the burning bush out of out of shepherding into, you know, shepherding his people. He took them to Egypt, and we all know how that ended up for Pharaoh. Um, yeah, so he led his chosen, or God's chosen people out of Egypt, through the wilderness, and to the promised land. I think of David, who was a lowly shepherd boy, who became a courageous king. And I think of Gideon, a man of low reputation, who through obedience to God achieved an incredible victory for Israel. You know, of, of that list of men I just, you know, went through, the, the through line of all of them is, that I can see is an obedience to God's calling on their lives. And I can't speak for op, uh, absolutes, but I really think God likes using the lowly vessels of the world so that no one can claim the glory but him, you know, I think that, like, when he came, he could have easily, and I know people get down on the Pharisees, but I think you can see in Scripture that some of them genuinely were seeking truth. He could have found those men and made them his squad, or, you know, his on his squad, and he would have had biblical justifications, I am the Messiah. They say so, too. Like, he didn't need it. He grew, who did he grab? He grabbed common folk, common men, like, like, I'll say myself, like, fishermen, tax collectors. So let's be reminded that, you know, God can use us regardless of our education, intellect, or societal, posi societal position. Okay. Third, I believe what I believe. You know, let people believe what they want to believe. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah, so that's Jesus speaking there, and I'm pretty sure he didn't stutter. <laughs> you know, I think that thought I have is, you know, flippant. You know, let people believe what they want to believe. But if I believe what I believe, and I do believe what I believe, then essentially what I'm saying to those people are, well, to hell with you. God, just open our eyes to see the, the people around us and the, facer they, the future they face apart from you. Number four, that's not my job. I'll leave it to the professionals, the preachers and the evangelists. And I, I was taken to 1 Peter three fifteen through 16. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ might be ashamed of their slander. You know, we should all be prepared to give a reason that we have the hope that we have within us. You know, I think sometimes we all think that we need to have the answers to everything. We need, Before we can start these conversations, we need to have a, some kind of, you know, 
education on them, go to go through some kind of ministry school or something. But we have a powerful tool, and that powerful tool is our testimonies. This is where I was. I met Jesus. I am a different person now, and he has done this in my life. All right, so, you know, just, just kind of moving towards closing. Uh, last week, Donnie put a really pointed end, I'm sorry, Pastor Donnie put a really pointed end um, direct question and an uncomfortable one to the congregation. He said, who have you led to Christ in the last year? All right, well, let's extend a little more grace. How about in the last five years? Ten. How about in your lifetime? Back to the boss analogy. You know, when he comes back, or when we go to see him, he's going to ask us to give an account for, you know, the things that he asked us to do. You know, by God's grace, we don't have to face fear, or we don't have to face condemnation anymore for our sins, but we will have to give an account for our lives. Uh, and this is a scripture that uh, I was taken recently. It won't be up on the screen, but I'll, read, I'll just read it for y'all. This is 1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 15. If any man builds on a foundation using gold, silver, pause, this foundation is Jesus Christ in this scripture. If any man builds on, the founda- on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring light it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive a reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. You know, praise God, we have forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ but we still will have to give an account for our lives and how well or not well we live them. Do we live in obedience to God or did we just strive for ourselves? So there's three camps you might be in right now. Let's be honest, you still might be unwilling. The idea of evangelism might be too daunting for you. Um, a good place, or I'm, I'm sorry, a good prayer would be, you know, God, just show me your heart in this matter. And an even better place to be at would be, you know, be honest with God. Currently, I'm unwilling, but I'm willing to be made willing. You might be in the second category. You might be willing. You know, pray for God to put people on your heart and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you to people to provide those opportunities and to give you the strength to be able to open your mouth and dispense this living hope you have in you. And you might be very willing. You probably could give this talk. You know, you might be on the evangelism training already. You know, pray for, in that case, you want to pray for greater capacities, greater giftings. You might want to lead a ministry. You could train and encourage other people who this isn't their strength. So, and regardless of any of our giftings in this, we can all be praying for those around us. We all certainly either have family, friends, coworkers. They should be on our our hearts daily and in our prayers. And I'm I'm speaking to myself first. Don't don't, I don't want to be like I'm coming down to all of you because this is something clearly going through this exercise is something that I struggle with. Okay, so I'll just close with prayer. Dear God, just praise be to you. Just thank you so much for your son. Thank you for just the, the forgiveness of sins we were able to receive through him, Lord God, and not just the hope for eternity, but Lord God, the, the life abundantly, the, the life abundant here in this current life, Lord God. I pray that you would just open our eyes, give us your heart, 
Help us to see those around us, Lord God, and just the, the, the future they face without you, Lord God. Would it break our hearts as it breaks your heart? And I pray, God, that you would just give us the strength. Help us not to be ashamed of the gospel, but realize it is the power to, has the power to save, Lord God, and we would just, uh, just dispense it liberally. Help us to be your servants and obedient to you. I just want to pray all these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you, Nate. As, uh, as Larry makes his way up. Yeah, give him a hand. As Larry makes his way up to talk about mentorship, um, you know, so, something that just came to my mind. You know, how, how many of you know what a, a, I believe it's called a governor in a, in a vehicle does? I'm a terrible mechanic guy. It's actually really embarrassing. But the principle of it, right, it's, it slows the vehicle down from its full potential, right? Is, is that correct? Okay, all right. So, you know, what, one aspect of, of my life, you know, my walk with God was evangelism that I'm like, you know what? It's a gift. It's not for me. Somebody else has, has that handled, you know, but it wasn't until I gave God that aspect and fully submitted to him that I feel like that governor was released from, from, from the, the potential that I had, right? So it wasn't just, I didn't feel his fullness in just the, the realm of evangelism, but it was throughout my walk with Christ. So, you know, when you look at the Great Commission, he didn't, he didn't point out like, all right, Luke, this is just for you, right? Like, go out into all the world. It's just for Luke. No, this was all for all of his disciples. So again, we, we, stepping outside of that label that, that we give ourselves, it's like, like Nate said, he's a quiet guy, but we're still called, right? We're all called for the same, the, the same duty as Christians, right? All right. So amen. So Larry's going to take off with mentorship. Thank you, Larry. Okay, not a problem. Thank you. So hey, everybody, as you've guessed, my name's Larry. I've been coming to uh, Crossroads here for about two years. So um, the topic I'm going to talk about is mentoring. Um, you know, it's for those who want to be a mentor, for those who, who need a mentor or want a mentor. Um, you know, one of the underlying themes of this whole conference, the words actually weren't spoken, but it's set apart. You guys are here because you want to be set apart. Uh, you may think a friend invited you or you're just here for some good mission barbecue food, but you know the Holy Spirit works in the back and, and you're here for a reason. And that reason is you want to be set apart. Maybe you're, you're tired of being, and a lot of us are in this situation at times, um, I'm a Christian, but I still got some feet in the world, maybe up to my ankle, maybe up to my knee, maybe up to my toes. But I think you guys want to get out of that, that worldly stuff, and you want to be set apart. You want to be, set, you want to be special, so, uh, and you should be uh, praised for that, and that qualifies you potentially as a mentor. If you look at the sophisticated and educational resources for the definition, such as Google and Wikipedia, uh, of what is a, what is a mentor, uh, it's somebody who guides, trains, counsels, teaches. So we're going to talk about spiritual mentoring today, and that's basically, again, those same definitions, plus somebody who challenges you spiritually, somebody who holds you accountable. A big thing, this is hard for us guys, you listen more than you speak. Um, and, and bottom line, it's somebody who really gets their advice more from here than, than flinging around on here through all the sources. They're, they're, they're Bible people, and, uh, and, and we, we know those types of people. So uh, mentoring, spiritual mentoring is biblical. Um, Moses was mentored by his father-in-law Jethro. Elijah mentored Elisha. Mordecai mentored Esther. Um, Eli mentored Samuel. Naomi mentored Ruth. Uh, and New Testament, Paul mentored Timothy and Titus, and, and there's books in the Bible about that. And there's one more. Jesus mentored his apostles. Um, and one of the qualities of the, the people, the mentees, they listened. Maybe they didn't do everything perfectly. Maybe they didn't do every single thing they were taught, but they listened. So, and again, a mentor doesn't, doesn't mean you're perfect. So um, the Bible and the Proverbs says, how iron sharpens iron, uh, people sharpen people. And for the men's, men's purposes, men's ministry purposes, uh, we're, we sharpen each other, which I'm going to step aside for a minute and do a plug for the men's ministry. Um, again, it's something that, that, that we've gotten together and we've been sharpening each other. Um, we meet the last Tuesday of every month, um, and everybody's welcome. And, and it's, we've 
all of us can testify. We've all grown as men. We also do some fun things. As Nate had mentioned, there's a wild game dinner at the end of the month. And uh, my passion, we have a hockey game coming up on March 31st at 7 o'clock in Allentown. It's the Penguins farm team versus the Flyers farm team. The cost, we're going to get a private box. And uh, the cost is $65 just for the game ticket. $75 if you're a Flyers fan. No, just kidding. It's... <laughs> It's $65 for the game ticket, and then there's a $100 ticket that includes some food, some good healthy food like nachos and cheesesteaks. So um, go on our website. Uh, the cutoff date is February the 14th, and I think this week you're going to be able to register. So again, the, the, the capacity is either 30 for one box. I guess if we get 60, we can get two boxes. So again, it's, it's a men's ministry outing. So, um, so anyway, back to... Um, Mentoring, it's biblical, it's needed, and it could be formal or it could be informal. And uh, um, for example, um, and we all, I think we all get involved in it. About a month ago, we had a baby dedication here where the parents brought their children up and the pastor charged the parents, you're, you're going to raise your children to be godly people, basically. You're going to mentor them. And then pastor turned to the congregation and gave us all that same assignment. We all had that same assignment to lead these kids spiritually. We're mentors. We're going to be mentors. So when I was a child, I grew up in a denomination where they did these infant baptisms and the same types of thing, and the parents picked for them a godmother and a godfather. Sorry, Jack Russo. And uh, so, so you, had, you, you, you had those types of uh, you know, mentors to grow up with you. So something to keep in mind, you're being watched all the time. You know it, believe it or not, you're being watched all the time. And, and as humans, we watch other people. We watch other people um, at work, your workplaces. Surely somebody taught you your job. They, they showed you how to do your job. Um, hobbies, hunting, uh, axe throwing. You probably watch somebody. In a way, that's an informal mentor to you. Um, let's say growing up in your neighborhood, your family, you, you, you watch people. You know who the arrogant, prideful people are, my cat. Then you know the people... <laughs> who are loving and kind, the loving and kind people, and those are the people we want to be around with. So we watch them, and we start to pattern our ways after them. One thing to really keep in mind, kids. Kids are always watching you, whether you know it or not. Kids are always watching you, and we want to be mindful of that. Let me ask you, when you were growing up, did you have, like, peers and people who you watched? Um, maybe... Maybe one of your friends then led you to church, led you to, to Sunday school or whatever. So, and then maybe one of your friends taught you how to cuss or smoke a cigarette too. Again, you, we, we look at people, we pattern after people, and that's, that's a form of informal mentoring. Um, not the spiritual type of mentoring, of course. So we want to model what's good. Um, I've never heard anybody say, I want to model evil behavior or bad behavior. We want to model what's good, but sometimes that's where we get into trouble because how do you define what is good? Um, how do you define? You know, you come in on Sundays. You get fed by the pastor on Sundays for an hour or two or three. Uh, you, get fed, you get fed on Sundays. And, uh, but what about those day-to-day-to-day issues, those hour-to-hour-to-hour issues, those things that we engage in? When you pull out here today, you're going to have some certain issues come up. Um, every five years, it seems, things change. New things come along, new issues that you have to make some kind of decision, and they do have some spiritual foundations to them. Values change. I've once heard, they say it every 20 years. Every 20 years, new, totally new things come along, so you kind of have to regroup and, and look at things. Um, I would bet you here, you probably, the men are... are Probably all the denominations. You probably came from 15 different denominations actually growing up probably. Uh, and some maybe have never been churched. So you have that 80 to 90% core values. But there's that other 5 to 10% outliers that everybody brings along, along with changing social things. So how do you know what's good and, and where do you get your source? Um, let me give you a couple examples. Let me just throw a couple topics out there. And don't answer. But let's see, you know. These aren't heaven or hell issues, I don't think. These aren't heaven or hell issues. I, I, I call this stuff slippery slope stuff. I, this is slippery slope. And I bet you one-third of you are going to say, Larry, what's the big deal? Hey, 
what's a big deal? One third of you are gonna say, yeah, I'm with you. That's wrong or right, one or the other. And one third of you are gonna say, hmm, never thought about that. Let's, 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 go, let's go to a source, let's go to a mentor about it. First one, yoga. Goat yoga, whatever that is. <sighs> Here's one, I haven't seen this in the Bible, but I've heard this. Disney, Disney World. Is it okay to go to Disney World and support Disney? Uh, watch Disney movies. What about Halloween? I know when I was a kid growing up, you threw on a bunch of rags, went to 10 houses, came home, that was it. Halloween's done in an hour. Now, I think you have to take a part-time job to buy all the decorations. It's become a holiday. Again, but again, it's a lot. It's a slippery slope. Where, where do you stand and where do you get your, your information? How about this? Another one I haven't seen specifically, casinos. 50 years ago, we didn't have that. Lottery tickets, that's a popular Christmas gift, but not a heaven or hell issue, but where, where do you go? I'm going to get up the slope a little bit steeper on this one. Um, what about a regular alcoholic drink or two? We could talk about that for probably a month, but where do you stand? Is it right? You know, where, where, how do you make your decision? How about the TVs, the music, um, uh, the movies you see, stuff we call entertainment? I think Joe talked about that, man. We, we got to be careful what we're watching, guys. Um, but again, you know what? This is for some of the older folks. Remember, there used to be TV censors, they would censor stuff. Uh, they would make sure whatever came on TV, you got to watch. And then Archie Bunker came along, and that was the end of that. So here's one I'm going to punch everybody in the stomach with, and then I'm going to move on. To vax or not to vax? To mask or not to mask? Social distancing. Maybe a health issue, but somehow it got into what political party, what denomination, uh, what news you're watching. Um, how do you make your stand? How do you take your stand? Where do you get your advice on that? Because, again, people are watching you. And they're going to want to know, especially the kids. Well, Daddy, why? Why did we make that particular decision? So, again, I'm just going to leave him out there. And there you go, Pastor Donnie. There's 10 weeks of sermons for you there. Some fodder. <laughs> I told you I was going to pick on you. <laughs> we need guideposts, guys. We need a, ba we need a new mic. <laughs> $75 for your ticket. No. <laughs> we need guideposts. The whole point I'm trying to make is we need guideposts because we need a mentor, a spiritual mentor, because we can become a spiritual mentor. We need boundaries like kids. Um, if not, we're going to end up like the Book of Judges. Is anybody familiar with the book of Judges. There was two main themes. One, they would have prosperity. They'd sin. They'd cry out to God. He'd rescue. Then they'd have fun, sin, prosperity. This is pattern. And then there was one other theme with book of Judges. Can anybody yell that out with know what that is? Amen. Thank you. We practiced that six times. But so again, we don't want to get to that point, but a lot of times it sure looks like we, we are. We need a mentor. And be careful. Be careful where you get that mentor, and you don't, you know, you really don't want to be a lone wolf Christian and go to your phone and look at all the pastors and prophets and things, because one side will tell you all those things I mentioned, do them all, you're going to hell. The other side will tell you, you could do them all, plus you'll get a Learjet in your garage if you got, if you got the vax. But so... <laughs> You gotta be careful. I I grew up. What happens? What happens when you grow up without a mentor? I, I grew up. My my dad passed away when I was in diapers, so I didn't really have somebody um, to pattern after. I kind of did what was right in my own eyes, picked and choose what chose what what felt good, what looked good, and uh, you know, growing up and then finally in high school, finally in college, I found mentors. And, and boy, they taught me. They taught me three main things. How to drink beer, how to cuss, and how to lift weights. So there, I, I, I confess, I admit it in church, I used to lift weights. But uh, anyway, those weren't, that's not the kind of mentorship I'm talking about. But if you don't find a spiritual mentor, you can drift into that. 
So, so again, what is, a, what is a mentor? What is a mentor? It's someone who exhibits godly behavior. Uh, they, they operate with integrity. They're set apart. Um, they, they operate with wisdom and discernment. Uh, they, they, they talk in truth and love. You know what? Age doesn't matter. Uh, we, we, we may grow up thinking an older person, but age doesn't matter. Um, I know a lot of guys in this church are half my age, and a lot of them spoke today, and they don't know it. I look up to them. I, I, I listen to what they're saying. Today was a good example of mentoring. Things going on. We're picking up tips. That's what you want to do, hang around people like that. What about being a mentee? I think it's a word. Um, you're, you're, willing, <laughs> you're, you're willing to listen. You're willing to change. You, you want to do what it takes to change because you want to be set apart. You're, you're sick and tired of one foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom. Um, and that's just something you're willing to listen and change. So wrapping up, we got to find mentors. We got to find mentors. And remember, we have an opportunity to be a mentor. So how do you do this, Larry? Don't just leave us. Well, first of all, you want to pray. When you leave here, if this makes sense and if a lot of stuff we talked about makes sense, pray about it. Ask God to show you. Bring somebody into my life, Lord, who could, who could help me in, in a lot of these areas that eh, I'm not quite sure on. Um, or bring someone into my life, God, that I could teach. Um, pattern. I'd say pattern somebody after the Bible. That's a good thing to do. Say, I want to be like God. I guess if I had a pattern myself, I'd say Daniel. Daniel was an Old Testament prophet. Um, Israel, because of their sin, they were deported. He was sent away. He was a godly man. And you know, he goes to this pagan nation. They gave him a pagan name, and he didn't care. He didn't care. He still stuck with God. He read his Bible. He prayed daily. He prayed. And, and you know what? People saw him pray, and he got in trouble. They wanted to throw him to the lions and kill him, but God saved him. He ended up being rewarded. He stood up to kings, kings who would lop their heads off if they didn't like what you said. But he spoke the, the, the truth in love, and uh, God rewarded him. He advanced a lot in the government of Babylon, and he was given visions of the future. I mean, amazing, because if you look at the history books, they line up with everything the Bible says is going to happen. So, so again, that's what you want to do. Find, find somebody you want to pattern after. Look around. Look around here. Look around your church. Look around your work area, your family, whatever. Look around. See somebody who you want to, you know, you want to model and pattern some godly life. Next step, pray some more. Just keep praying and praying. Um, Another way, next step, get involved. Get involved in ministries. Get involved with people. Uh, do something very difficult for us guys. Go up to a guy. As Jesse talked about pride, swallow that pride and say, hey, um, you know, I've really been watching you. You know, do you mind? Can we go out to coffee once in a while and have some coffee? Uh, find an accountability partner. It's going to help you, and then you're going to be able to mentor other people. So, and pray some more. So, um, it, remember, guys, it's a daily walk. They call it a walk because you just don't get there at the end. You're walking, you're walking, you're growing, uh, you're learning, and, and, and you follow a mentor, and then you can be a mentor. So I think uh, also, again, some of the areas it's going to help, too, um, as, as, uh, as Jesse had indicated. You know, you want to swallow your pride and get out there and reach out. As Zach talked about, talked about the family, I'm telling you, it's going to give you guidance, that family balance. It's going to help you. It's going to help you as opposed to looking for some kind of advice on, on the Internet. As Matt talked about taming your tongue, the more you hang around godly people, the more it's going to change your language. It's going to change your heart, your head, and it's going to change your language. Um, as, as Joe talked about, I mean, again, you're spending time with godly people and godly subjects. You're not, you're not browsing around, looking around different other stuff. As Cody talked about, well, how's finances uh, fit in here? Well, you know, everybody wants their money. So you, you get it all the time. It's, it's going to help you pray and use some wisdom to discern who you, who you give your money to and who you don't. There's, and as Nate talked about, you're going to get courage. You're going to get more courage more opportunities to evangelize. Because if we don't go through all this, if not, we're going to end up like the book of Judges where everybody's doing what they think is right in their own eyes. So thank you all very much.
All right, guys. So, so if, if you looked at your watch, we're, we're kind of at that one o'clock mark. Um, but, but if I could just have just a few more minutes of your time and, and just allow the, the Lord to do some work. You, you see, I, I mean, if you walk away from this event, you're like, man, I had such a good time, like throwing those axes or that food. Oh, my goodness, that was good food. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But if that's the takeaway, we missed the mark, right? Is that why we came, came together today? I mean, it's, it's, it's great. It's nothing wrong with that. Good times, good fellowship. But man, if, if we didn't walk away challenged or if we didn't feel like we grow, grew spiritually, man, can I be honest? We just kind of wasted our time these past couple hours. So, so along with that, you know, like I said, we're going to do a, a softer closing. So if, uh, if folks end up coming, uh, coming up to pray and you guys want to go outside, you know, do the cornhole thing and, and axe throwing, we're going to be around for a couple hours after. So feel free to hang out, linger, talk, you know, do your thing. But just again, to, to challenge you a little bit. So th- this is, is going to be a little bit of a culmination of all the topics that we, we just covered, right? So like, how can we group all these things together? And it's not, it's not at all in our own power, like, right? Can we be honest with, with one another? Like, out of the, the numerous speakers that we had, even just one or two, if we tried to perfect one or two of those things in our life, without the Lord, they'd be, be completely impossible. Do you guys agree to that? Completely impossible. So I think Paul said it best when he said, 2 Corinthians 12, uh, 9 to 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, sorry, for when I am weak, then I am made strong. So again, going back to, to Joshua, you know, we had that urgency of our, our what, what in our life is our Jericho? What is standing in the way of what God has for us? Because th- th- there's oftentimes there's something, you know, there may be, you know, little, little provinces that, that, okay, that wasn't so bad. The Israelites conquered that, but Jericho, big walls, big city. So, so what, what is the Jericho in our life? So in Joshua chapter 24, as, as Joshua is finishing his career as, as lead, leading, leading uh, Israel, It says, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Right? So as for me and my house, despite the temptation I'm going through, despite the circumstance that I'm faced with, despite everything collapsing around me, friends of mine that I thought were grounded in their faith, and they fail and they falter, I will serve the Lord. My household will serve the Lord. How many of you want that for your lives? Come on. Come on. Is everybody hands working? Just make sure, make sure you're working here. Okay. All right. So, so for, first call I want to make. You know, there's, again, there's going to be some of us here that, that maybe, you know, one or two people, maybe you came with people, maybe you're members of our church, and, you know, you've been saved, you know, for 10, 20 years, decades, even more, right? But, you know, each, each life here is just so precious. So, so sometimes we have this habit about getting into, in, into the walk with, with God through our, through our spouses, right, or through our friends, and we're just kind of chugging along. Or, you know what, we have these, these highs and lows, and our, and our lows, we kind of lose that that faith in him, right? And you know what? That, that's okay because his grace, again, his grace is sufficient for us. His mercies are new every morning. So I, I'm going to ask you guys again, now that we know everybody's hands are working here, right? And there's nothing to be shy about. Listen, we, can, we, can we just acknowledge we are all for each other here? Can, can we just acknowledge that? Like no judgment, no self-righteousness. So, so I have one call here. So again, as, as Jesus was preparing the disciples, he, he was sharing with them, you know, again, how, how to carry this out. And in Matthew 10, uh, 32, it says, For whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge me, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. So again, keeping in mind that we're all for each other, is there anyone here that, that you know what, maybe the whole, the whole church thing is new to you. Maybe you came with somebody and you're like, all right, I'll, I'll dabble, like, axe throwing seems like a good idea, kind of got, got your foot in the door that way, or you know what, maybe there's somebody who's been kind of, again, living through their spouse, and, and 
you have a relationship with the Lord, but it's not that personal connection. And it's, it's not your, 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 your pride and joy. It's not your passion, right? There may be a salvation issue there, if I'm being honest. And that's completely okay because we're going to work through it today. All right? Or maybe, you know what, you said... I've been doing this thing, this thing for years, and again, I've, I've tried and I've failed, and you know, doing this wishy-washy thing. Or, you know, prior today, prior to today, I, I haven't opened my Bible in months. It's just sat there collecting dust, and you know, I, I can't say I've prayed either. Again, that that's a heart issue. There needs to be some work done in your heart. So, is there anybody here? Again, not being not being ashamed because this is a, it's a step of faith. This is honestly the easiest venue that you could possibly do this in. Because again, we are all for you. Every single person here is rejoicing with you, okay? Out there in the world, that's where it gets hard. That's where the challenges come, right? So is there anybody here that says, you know what? I, I, I want that for my life. I want to rededicate my life right here and right now. Is there anybody? Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Stand up. Can we just have some brothers surround them, please? Anybody else? Say, I want that. I want that again. I want that fire. I want that passion. Anybody else? Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Don't leave here. Don't leave here the way that you came in. Please don't do it. All right. So we're just going to say a word of prayer. And if you guys can all follow along and support. Say, dear Jesus, I'm a sinner, but I'm saved by your grace. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Come live in my life. Come direct my path. And, and again, forgive me for all my sins. We praise you in your name. Amen. 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 Guys, loudest clap possible. Thank you, guys. You guys can have a seat. And I... From the bottom of my heart, I am so genuinely proud of you guys for making that step. And, the, and again, this is, you know, sometimes in church we get into the habit about talking about, all right, this is a new chapter of your life, right? Like you, you guys have heard that expression before. With salvation, what's so amazing is it doesn't matter what you did in that life. It's dead and gone. It's completely gone. This is a new book, right? So, so whatever the old things that you walked, walked in with, done. Don't, don't, even, don't even give it a thought. You're a new man. So praise God for that. All right, so second charge here, okay? And this is, this is again, this is on, on Joshua. It says, choose whom this day, who you will serve, right? So again, it's, it's not a, yeah, I, I think I'm going to do that and then walk out. That's not what it's about at all, right? So in 1 Samuel um, chapter 15, he's talking to Saul, and, and he makes that comment, to obey is better than, than to sacrifice, right? Like we already kind of set the baseline that this morning, you guys have made that sacrifice by coming out here. And again, I, I think the Lord will honor and acknowledge that, right? So by, by sacrificing your time for, for allowing the Lord to do a work in your life, that, that's sacrifice. Now here comes a step greater than, and that's called obedience, okay? So if, if you feel this prompting, and again, you know, I don't want it led by peer pressure because this is something that if, if, we, if we respond to this and then walk out and we're the same, same way and we don't do anything differently with our lives and we don't reprioritize, like, what, what did this commitment mean, right? So, so who of you, you know, even for, for those who have just rededicated, it's all the more special right now. Who of you will say, you know what? Lord, use me. Lord, use me for your glory. Whatever it takes, I don't care about the sacrifice. I don't care what it is. I, I don't care about the time that I once wasted, Lord. It's all yours. Everything that we have is yours. I'm going to have um, that Italian man in the glasses come up, otherwise known as my father. And um, come on, Dad. So, so, so just um, as he's making his way up, I just want to share something. The, the man that you see, the short man right there, is one of the most powerful men I've ever met. Because you know what? When, when I was getting up, going about my day growing up in the house, before most of us were even up, right, he was on his knees. For me, for my family, so many times he made sacrifices. So there's not a doubt in my mind that I have, that, 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 that he's one of the main reasons why I'm here today. One of the main reasons why I do have such a beautiful marriage, beautiful children. It's because of him and because of how he used the Lord to work in his life. And he answered God's calling.
So I ask you this question. <laughs> Choose today whom you will serve, right? So are you willing to make that sacrifice, whatever it takes, whatever, what, what, whatever may be troubling you, what, whatever maybe not necessarily an idol, but taking up that time for the Lord to work in you, whatever he's calling you to, are you ready to respond? That's my challenge to you. And I'm going to ask you to come forward and I'm joining with you. So dad, if you could please pray. God, just like Joshua before he left to see you, to be with you, they say, I recommit the plans that I said it before to follow you as for me and my family. Lord, as for me and my family, Father, we follow you. No matter what the course is, we know that there is a course, but it is worth to go through it again. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that even now, dear God, Lord, open up the windows of heaven, Father, and put out your Holy Spirit upon this people. That's your sons, dear God. Father, send your word that you, we are your children because of what Christ Jesus done for us on the cross on Calvary, of God, for the price that he paid. So, Lord, open the windows of heaven, and Father, put out your Holy Spirit upon each one, dear God. And fill each one with an overflowing of your Holy Spirit, Father. Lord, in so much that in turn springs of living water will be gushing out of the bellies, dear God, unto others, oh God. We ask in Jesus' most precious name, dear God. Father, I pray, dear God, that no one in this place, dear God, will go home the same way they came in, dear God. Father, because every time anyone had an encounter with your precious Son, the Lord Jesus, None of them ever walk away the same way to God. So I ask in Jesus' precious name, Lord, do a mighty miracle in each one, dear God. Father, fill us, change us, challenge us, rearrange us, and revive anyone who needs to be revived. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You see, can you just look to your right and to your left? That's your brother right there, right? This is what it's all about. It's all about, it's all about supporting one another, encouraging one another, right? Right? So, so Mike is going to lead us in some songs. Can we just continue to pray, seek the Lord? We're going to have people walking around just praying over one another. Can, can we just utilize this time that we're given, for, again, for, for his glory and honor?
foundation is the cross my foundation is you Lord my foundation is your love for me for me for me for me Lord we lay it at your feet today we've had a lot of heavy topics today Lord so let it not just fall on deaf ears but serving hearts that it would retain with us that it would retain, we would take it from this place and we would take it back to our homes, our workplace, our families. God, let no man that came today leave the same. Would you continue to just stir it up? Stir it up because, Lord, you work all things for good. God, you work all things for good. And I can't help but feel that we need to end on a high note as a, as a charge as we go. And we're gonna, I'm going to ask the worship team, and I'm going to call an audible here, that we're going to end with this song, Sea of Victory. That even though the weapons formed, it will not prevail. Because God has already gone before. I said God has already gone before. And he will use your test, you will use your story. He will use each man in this room. And I believe it. I believe it. Come on, do you believe it? <laughs> if you could see what I'm seeing now, we're in his glory. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We sing the weapon. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. And when the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how the triumph, he never failed. Oh, my God will never fail. Oh, my God will never fail. I'm going to say, I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to
right? That's where the battlefield is. This is, this is like the command center. This is where, this is the easy part. We got all our brothers here side by side, but what happens, what happens this evening, right? What happens the next day, the day after that? What happens weeks from now when we feel separated and isolated, right? That, that's when the true test of our faith, that, that's, that's when God shines, right? Because coming off of this, this, this spiritual high, it's, it's easy to walk out and feel encouraged, but what happens to those days, you know, from here, you know, moving forward? So all the more reason where we need to press in and we need to seek his will for our life, right? That's why it's not just reading the Bible. It's allowing the Lord to speak to us. It's not just praying. It's hearing from the Lord, right? So can we just stop minimizing these, these things that we look at as sometimes tasks and realize how important they are and how crucial they are in our life? So Mike, you'll do one last song before we, uh, before we send out. And again, you know, feel free to stick around. But can this be some sort of victory song? Let's just sing Sea of Victory. There we go. Why not, right? Okay, thank you. And I'm gonna see a victory. And I'm gonna see a victory. 